Hey, tonight, uh, Ben is going to come. I met Ben a couple years ago when, when my daughter brought him home for some strange reason. And uh, I've gotten to know this young man and just uh, really respect uh, his maturity in faith, uh, respect his, his desire for the kingdom of God. Uh, he's a graduate of North Central University. And uh, I think his years of growing up in church and being around the church show in his spiritual maturity and his insight. And we've asked him to come tonight and talk to us a little bit about the book of Proverbs and what it means to us. So uh, give him a little bit warmer of a welcome than you did our ushers, if you don't mind. Love you, buddy. So tonight, uh, the title of the message is Acts of Wisdom. Um, so this whole series on Proverbs uh, has been helping us learn how to live and grow in wisdom. It's been uh, learning the benefits of wisdom. Um, and so tonight, we're really going to hone in on what does wisdom look like in our everyday life. What does somebody who has wisdom uh, do. And so it, a lot of times wisdom is this conceptual thing that we just, oh, that person has wisdom. And it's this like fairy tale figment of uh, a person. But people who have wisdom do specific things. Um, and so we're going to talk about a few of those. Um, so if you would turn with me to Proverbs 4. I'm going to read through this. We're going to read through Proverbs 4 a couple of times tonight. Uh, and the reason being is it's, it's a little bit of longer of a chapter, um, but we're going to take it in little bite-sized pieces and kind of pull out as much as we can. Uh, but I'm going to read through this real quick, uh, and then we'll, we'll jump into a little bit more. Proverbs 4. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me, and he said to me, let your heart hold fast to my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom. Get insight. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you. Love her, and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. And whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly, and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a, gar a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Hear, my son, and accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not go on, on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you, you your crooked speech, and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward, and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Father God, I just uh, praise you and I thank you for tonight. I pray that you would uh, 
give me the words to say for tonight. I pray that uh, we would be able to learn more about what it looks, looks like to walk in wisdom. Uh, we just thank you and in your name. Amen. All right. So the goal of tonight is uh, looking at the practical aspects of wisdom. You know, it, again, it's, uh, it's, wisdom is conceptual, um, but it has very practical, very real, tangible impact on our everyday lives. Uh, so if you would, for just a second, you can either do one of two things. Uh, you can either uh, write something down or you can turn and talk to somebody. Um, if you would take a moment and talk or write down a period of time in your life where you really, really needed wisdom and what you did about it. Everybody have something written down? Okay. So the times when, when I was asking myself this question, you know, the times that I'm thinking about uh, are usually like big decisions you know, buying a house or uh, what college should I go to, um, it, it, could, it, it has a huge range of when we actually need wisdom. But we all have those situations. Um, I remember, you know, being in college, I was, uh, before I met Kaylee, I was dating another girl, and one of the things that I needed was wisdom, you know? so. I asked my family, I asked my friends, I asked other people around me, like, hey, is my, are my actions changing? Or am I doing this the right way? Is, do you see this working? Um, and my family was like, yeah, you need to, that needs to be done. <laughs> so it was done. I mean, long story short, it ended and, you know, now I'm here. I'm with Kaylee. <laughs> you know, it, wisdom from other people and from God, it works. It works in our everyday life, and it helps us make those crucial decisions when it's uh, a crisis or when it's, you know, an everyday decision. So we've all found ourselves at one point or another uh, needing wisdom, and we needed to know specifically what to do. And I think Scripture uh, gives us a great guideline uh, to begin describing the actions of the wise. Uh, so to give you a little context on chapter 4, uh, Solomon is writing this whole chapter. And in verse 1, it, it changes a little bit. He says, hear, O sons. So it's not talking to one person. He's talking to all of us. Uh, he's trying to regurgitate all of this wisdom. And I love this. I think it's really cool. Um, Solomon, considered the wisest person in the world, decided to tell us the wisdom of what he learned from somebody else. <laughs> it wasn't his, himself. You know, it, he wasn't alone. Wisdom doesn't operate by itself. You know, we've talked, for the past three weeks, we've said the person uh, that is the fool is the one that does things by himself, that wants to learn by himself. They're the ones that are going to go run into the wall, and we're going to let them. <laughs> you know, because it's a hard-headed person, and uh, Scripture is very clear on who those people are. So, uh, Solomon is telling us the same wisdom he learned from his father, King David. And so, the first action of the wise is that the wise person learns from others. And so, I'm going to read through the first four verses here. Hear, O sons, a father's instructions. Be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast to my words and keep my commandments and live. Solomon gained wisdom from his father. So the first point is that wisdom is always available. Solomon is talking to his sons. It doesn't give an age as to how old his sons are. Uh, sometimes we come into these situations where I, I may not have wisdom. You know, it's, it doesn't matter what age you are. You can always start. 
You can always, it's always available for us. It's in Scripture. It's when we pray, the Holy Spirit is speaking to us on a regular basis, and that is the wisdom that God is giving us in every single moment. Solomon, as a young child, because it says, uh, tender the only one in the sight of my mother. To me, I think of a little kid, you know, it's a little five-year-old, uh, just running around, and so David is telling him, hey, let's not uh, go touch the spears of the whatever. I, I don't know, I didn't live in back in David's time, you know, maybe spears. We have irons today, we have stoves, but in anyways, uh, <laughs> if you look at in verse 2, uh, Solomon talking to his sons, he says, for I give you good precepts. That word give right there is different uh, in the Hebrew language as compared to ours. And I'm sure, I'm 100% sure that Ryan Mobley has talked about the perfect tense. Um, if you don't know what the perfect tense, basically the perfect tense is something that happens in the Hebrew language that we do not have in our English language. Uh, we have past tense, we have present tense, we have uh, stuff that happens in the future, right? The perfect tense encompasses all of those things. So Solomon is saying, I have given you good precepts when you were young, when you were uh, a child, when you were still learning, when you were still growing, I have, I've given you good precepts now. In the middle of your crisis, I've given you uh, good advice now in the middle of everything. And guess what? I'm going to keep doing it. It's going to happen in the future. I'm gonna, as long as I'm here, I'm going to give you good advice, good counsel, good precepts. We need fathers, we need parents who are willing to take up that charge in today's culture. We need people, coaches, teachers who are willing to say, I've been there in the middle, in, in your past, I will be there right now in the middle of your crisis, and I'm going to be there later on. You can come to me, you can talk with me, you can be around me, and you can learn that's what a wise person does. They come back and they say, I'm going to give everything I can to you because wisdom begets wisdom. Learning from others is a choice. Solomon says, uh, do not forsake my teaching. And we have a choice to be there active uh, and attentive in our listening or turn away from wise words. And I, I don't know about you, but I've done both. <laughs> there are instances in our lives where, you know, maybe you were younger and more immature and you said, I'm going to do it my way, and it ended up running into a brick wall. And then there's other times where uh, you find somebody that can talk, that can give you good advice, and it works out, and both of you benefit. We're able to learn from other people at any age. Solomon learned wisdom when he was a child. His sons didn't have an age, and we're learning today. One of the things when I was younger, uh, well, let me backtrack. On Mother's Day, we were out and going to dinner with all the, all the Johnsons, and we're all sitting around the table, and one of the things that was asked was that we would all tell a story of our mother. Um, and so... I do not come from a family of storytellers. We, we have never, like, held on to, I, I can remember, like, maybe three stories from my childhood. Uh, it's mostly just conceptual, and we would talk about all kinds of different stuff, but we, we were never the type that would, oh, you remember when that happened, and we did this, and then this, this, and we were never that. So coming up with a story for my mom was really hard. Like, I don't even know. I, do I tell a story of my mom? And, but the one thing that kept coming back every single time was not necessarily a story, but something that she taught me. And I didn't even realize that she was teaching me at the time. My mom was a teacher, uh, and so we went to the same school, and we were always there really early. Uh, so my mom's a teacher, my dad's a pastor. Yes, I had both sides. 
It was fun. Um, <laughs> you can imagine all the little conversations that we had on a regular basis. And, uh, but anyways, my mom was a teacher, and so she would take us to school, and we would get there really early. Um, but whenever I would come downstairs, uh, I would always have a, a bowl of cereal before I did anything, and then I would go get ready. If you know me, I love cereal. I still love cereal any time of day. Uh, but whenever I would walk down, my mom would always be in the same spot. She'd be at the table, and she would have her uh, devotional open, and she'd have her Bible open every single morning. And that taught me so much about having a relationship with God, of what it looks like on a daily basis. I got to watch my mom grow because not only did she just do it, but she was in front of us. And while she was going through it, she would stop and say, hey, let me show you what I'm learning in this. Isn't this cool? This is something I've learned in scripture. This is something that uh, uh, I just really like this line here. And so every single moment was teachable. And it wasn't every day. You know, it wasn't every day that we would have this conversation. I'm 16 and don't want to talk to anybody. But my mom was still there, and it was still uh, this presence and this example in my life of what it means to have a relationship with God, of what it means to act in wisdom, what it means to uh, grow. The second thing that wise people do the wise always acquire more wisdom. In Proverbs 4, verses 5 through 10, it says, uh, Get wisdom, get insight. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you. Love her and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. And whatever you get, get insight, prize her highly, and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a, garland, a graceful garland and bestow on you a beautiful crown. Hear, my son, and accept my words that the years of your life may be many. Now, as I was doing some study on this, uh, the word get actually has a connotation um, for a marketplace transaction. You know, it's a, a barter and trade type of uh, understanding. And so Solomon is basically saying, the thing that you need to go after with everything you have is wisdom. And out of that will come this insight. But you need to go after uh, wisdom 100%. Uh, he goes as far in verse 7 as, as saying that the beginning of wisdom is to go get wisdom. That's the first step. And Solomon tells us that we should acquire wisdom above riches, above power, above anything else in life. Wisdom is the most important thing that we can go after. Now, in, in that seven, uh, in that verse seven, Solomon says, whatever you get, get insight. Now, whatever you get can also be translated as in all your getting, um, meaning that with everything we do, no price is too high, get wisdom. And then straight after that, in verse six, he's saying, uh, Sorry, in verse 5, after he says, get wisdom, get insight, he says, do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Now, there's a difference between forgetting and turning away. And I think that both of them are crucial to our understanding of wisdom. Forgetting uh, is a passive action. You know, sometimes we're going about our day. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to the grocery store uh, and forgotten something. You know, I just forget it. My wife is always getting on me to write down a list, and I am stubborn, and I don't want to write a list, and I want to remember it all myself, and inevitably I forget the one thing that she told me to get every time. <laughs> I'm learning. 
be graceful with me. It's my first year, going on my second. <laughs> Forgetting is a passive action. Remembering something, however, is a very active action. Now, remembering wisdom, uh, that's hard. We have to remember it. We have to write it down. There's a reason that, you know, <laughs> every time you walk into a, a Christian's home, you see placards of uh, different verses and different things. It's wisdom. that We're trying to remember that in our daily lives. We must not turn away from the words of wisdom. Turning away is a deliberate choice. You know, some of us are at the point of, you know, I'm, I'm rejecting the wisdom of God. And that's starting down this idea of a, a pathway of darkness that Solomon's talking about. When we start rejecting what God is doing, it's not, and it's so easy, both forgetting and turning away have the same, uh, have the same thing happen. They're both going down that pathway. It's both going down this pathway of darkness. So we have to be vigilant and active and constantly trying to remember the wisdom that God is putting in our lives. Otherwise, we could find ourselves slowly stepping away, slowly, inch by inch. Sometimes it's a dramatic turn, but for most of us, it's, I decided to go here on this choice, and I'm going to keep going this way when God's telling us to go that way. So how do we not forget? How do we uh, stay active in this? Solomon talks about prizing wisdom in verses 8 and 9. He says, uh, well, if you do all this getting, if you prize her highly, if you embrace wisdom, wisdom will place on your head a graceful garland, and she will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Now, the New Testament talks about a crown that is a heavenly reward, and that's the thing that I'm looking forward to. That's the thing that we should be moving forward at. Now, the New Testament also has a comparison that I think is applicable to this idea of uh, someone who is forgetting and someone who is um, active. In Luke 18, uh, verses 9 through 14, we have the parable of the tax collector and the Pharisee. You have two people who are doing the same action, doing the same thing. One has forgotten the wisdom of God. One has forgotten the wisdom that is for him, and he's boasting about himself. He's out in the middle of everything. And you have another guy who is timid, who is humble. Wisdom is very humble. They're not boastful about the knowledge that they have. It's, it's coming back and standing and saying, God, you have all the control. You have all the knowledge. You have all of my steps numbered. You know exactly what's going to happen. And I'm putting my faith in you. I'm putting my hope in you. If you turn with me to Proverbs 3, uh, 34 and 35, it says, Toward the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he gives favor. The wise will inherit honor, but fools get disgrace. And I think that is exactly what happened in the middle of that parable. Now, it may not have happened in that moment, but what Jesus says, this is an, an eternal issue. This is not just a, a circumstantial issue. This is a heart issue. This is our morality in, in our faces. You know, we're, we're making moral choices, and it's determining the purity of our heart in the middle of those things. The third thing that the wise do is that the wise find freedom in their choices. Proverbs 4, 11 through 13, it says, I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. If you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. 
Let me ask you this. How many questions do you get in one day? Is it 10? You know, is it 100? Is it, you know, countless? <laughs> if you have young children, it's probably more on the countless area. You know, if you work in retail, it's really far over there. <laughs> you know, working at a, a Hope Thrift, I mean, I get asked questions all the time. You know, from people who have never been there, they're asking about, you know, about Hope. I have volunteers asking me questions. Hey, what should we do with this? What should we do with this? Um, I have customers coming up. Hey, what's the price for this? You know, we get asked questions on a constant basis. And we have to make decisions, sometimes in a moment, and sometimes it's just, you know, it's a part of life. Wisdom gives us freedom in our daily living. I always, when you hear the words common sense, we always talk about how it's not very common, but common sense is also the common things. It's every day. It's understanding the things that are happening. And it, hopefully it's more common than what we think. Now, if you read with me real quick here, in verse 12, it says, when you walk, you will, your step will not be hampered. When I was doing my study, it was comparing the difference between walking and running. So if you run, you will not stumble. Walking, it was saying that walking is our everyday life. Running would be those situations where it matters. When a crisis is in the, you're in the middle of a crisis and the decision you make actually matters. It impacts everything that you're doing. It'll impact the direction that you're going. It'll impact other people around you. Wisdom allows us to have freedom in the midst of crisis. So wisdom will not let your steps be hampered in our daily life, but it also not let us fall in the middle of a tough situation. And that's hope right there. That's, that's a lot of hope that I think that we can go in. It builds confidence uh, and allows us to make crucial decisions. It allows us to make everyday decisions, but we are able to walk in a straight line. And in the middle of the crisis, wisdom keeps us from falling flat on our faces. Solomon equated wisdom with life, and he gave us three things to do. He said, keep hold of instruction, do not let go, and guard her. And Solomon states these things so quickly, uh, he's almost imploring his sons uh, to do these things. And I think part of what I was reading in this is that, <clears throat> excuse me, Solomon understands that we have an enemy in this world. We have an enemy who wants to kill, steal, and destroy everything that we have. He will do everything in his power to knock us down, and he wants to take our life. Wisdom will deliver you from this enemy. It will give us understanding and instruction in the midst of temptation. It allows us an escape. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to us in those moments, saying, hey, be careful here. Don't go down that way. We want to stay away from that. You need to guard your heart there. You need to stay away from that person. Don't have your speech. Uh, be careful what you're saying. You need to just avoid that situation completely. Wisdom allows us to avoid the temptations of the enemy. Now, the fourth thing that the wise do is that they choose the pathway of life. In Proverbs 14 through 19, 4, 14 through 19, it says, Do not enter the path of the wicked. Do not walk in the way of the, evil, of the evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. 
I really like that idea of the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter and brighter until full day. Now, full day means that it doesn't dim. And our wisdom grows and grows and grows and grows and grows and grows until I'm seeing the face of Christ. Solomon gave uh, three instructions regarding the path of the wicked. The first instruction, he said, was do not enter. It's a big old warning sign saying don't enter. Uh, Don't walk down that path. It's a a forewarning. So basically we're at a, a crossroads and say we have a choice here in this moment. Do I take this road? Do I take the, right, the road that leads to righteousness? Don't go down that way. Sometimes it's, that is a, a choice that we see in hindsight. Sometimes it's something that we see very clearly in that moment, and we know exactly, hey, that is not something I need to do, and we need to avoid those. The second thing that he says, do not go which basically also meant turn aside. So if we've already started down this pathway of darkness, we've, we've avoided that do not enter sign, and we've already done this, we need to do a U-turn. We need to do a U-turn in our life. It's a one-way street the other way. We're going to run right into somebody else. That pathway leads to death. So even if we've already started down that pathway, we need to make crucial and Uh, important steps to get us back on track to allow us to turn around the last thing is avoid another way of saying it uh, is to let go do everything in your power to get away now remember Solomon is talking to uh, the young or the immature believer Uh, someone who has little biblical knowledge. One of the things that could happen in that situation is the immature could be overconfident in their ability to resist temptation. So we have this, uh, there's an old story. I'm sure many of you heard it. I'm going to call it the parable of the Uber driver. Okay? Okay. How many of you guys have ever driven or uh, been in a car overseas? Is it the same thing as here? No? Is it a little more terrifying? I think so. I've been overseas only, only once in my life. Uh, we were on a missions trip in Jamaica. In Jamaica. I know it was so terrible. It was hard and you know, very hot. You know, it, we were in Jamaica, and the, we were working with an orphanage, and one of the places, the orphanage was on top of a mountain. Now, if you've ever been there, they drive on the other side of the road, but we were only 12 miles away from this orphanage, but it took us almost an hour and a half to get there because we're weaving in and out on these mountains and on these roads, and I'm telling you, the, the roads were, you know, not very big. You know, you could fit two cars on there. And these drivers are just gunning it. They're going 40, 50, sometimes 60 miles an hour, just around bends and curves. They're so used to it, it's normal life for them. We're sitting in this bus, and our driver's like, I'm going to try not to kill you guys today. (laughs) Okay. So let's say you're in Kingston. You're trying to get to the orphanage, and you don't know anybody. Nobody's there to pick you up. They forgot. Oops. So you have Uber. Let's get Uber. Let's pull out our phones. And uh, there are three drivers who are willing to take that trip. The first driver, uh, going along these mountains, he said, I'll get you there as fast as I can. You know, it'll be great. We'll, we'll, we'll just go. Uh, you know, we might hit some tight curves. We might come close to the edge here. But I'm going to get you there. We're going to go as fast as possible. The second driver says, I'll get you there. Don't worry. I'll, I'll still go as fast as I possibly can. I'm not as daredevilish as him. I'm going to stay right in the middle. Okay? Now, the third guy, he says, yeah, they're crazy. 
I'm going to go as slow as possible and stay as far away from that edge as I can. Which one of these three drivers is the immature believer? The one that says, let's get as close to the edge as possible. The person with wisdom is going to be as far as they can get. And they're going to avoid it with everything they have. Now, Solomon gives us characteristics of people who choose this pathway of darkness. Um, their addictions control them. They betray their friends. They love violence and wickedness, which also means that their support is obtained through those means. Their support is obtained through wickedness. Their support is obtained through violence. If you jump with me to uh, chapter 3, verses uh, 27 through 30, Solomon continues on this and uh, says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due. When it is in your power to do it, do not say to your neighbor, Go and come again. Tomorrow I will give it. Uh, when you have it with you. Do not plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you. Do not contend with a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. And 31 through 33 is saying, do not envy a man of violence. Do not choose any of his ways for the devious person is an abomination to the Lord, but the upright are in his confidence. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. We can see clearly a, a person who has chosen the way of darkness. They are contending with their neighbor for no reason. You know, what an ultimate betrayal. You know, you're sitting there, you think everything's go lucky, and your friend just, nope, we're done. I'm going to sell you out. You know, that, that is what the person is. You know, their addictions control them. It means that uh, before they go to bed, they have to go through that. They have to go through this. You know, our culture is in this weird state where addiction is everywhere. And addiction is not always just drugs. It's not always just pornography. It's not always uh, the things that we think about on a regular basis. It's so much deeper than that. Sometimes it's as simple as how much we're on social media, how much TV we're consuming on a regular basis. You know, it's, these addictions are consuming us, and we need to be vigilant and understanding of what are these things that are controlling my life that I have to do before I go to bed. And Solomon says we need to avoid those things. We need to stay as far away from them as possible. The last thing that the wise, well, not the last thing. There's many things that the wise do. But the last thing I have for tonight. Uh, the wise guard their heart. Uh, chapter 4, verse 20 says, uh, My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech. Put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Verse 22, for, the, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. I love that concept that wisdom is restorative. Even when we started down this path of darkness, even when we've hurt ourselves in the middle of making wrong choices, wisdom is healing to all our body. 
It's healing. It means it's restorative. It means it's going to bring us back to the heart of God. It allows us to get back in this right place, this place of righteousness. And I love that concept of wisdom being restorative. Our whole life is impacted by wisdom, and there's healing walking in the way of righteousness. Verse 23 really puts us in perspective and says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. So above all riches of honor, property, health, body, everything else, above everything else, guard your heart. In, the, in one of the commentaries I was reading in the pulpit commentary, it said, uh, the fact here that the states is the, that the moral conduct of life, its actions and proceedings are determined by the condition of the heart. If the heart is pure, then the life will be pure. If the heart is corrupt, then the life will be corrupt. So how do we guard our hearts? Solomon immediately goes in and says four quick things that we do to guard our heart. We put away crooked speech. The things that we say are important and they change the way we feel about things. The second thing is that we look at the right things. Our eyes, they're a doorway into our soul. The things that we're filling our heads with, the things that we're watching, the things that we're seeing, they're changing our heart on the inside. And what we're watching matters. And I think in today's day and age, we need to really be careful about what we're watching. Be careful about what our families are watching because it changes the culture of our homes. The third thing is ponder your actions. The immature believer will do things quickly. They'll make decisions rashly. They'll say, oh, I know what to do. I know exactly what to do. I'm going to go this way. And it ends up being this terrible mistake that they will regret later on. The wise person sits there and patiently says, okay, where do I go next? What do I do here? They're going to take careful, intentional steps uh, to move forward in the midst of crisis, in the midst of everyday things. Now, a person who is immature may also be careful, but it's not out of intentionality. It's out of fear. Wisdom does not operate in fear. It operates in confidence. It's very deliberate steps. It's very intentional steps, and it allows us freedom in the middle of those situations where we have to make decisions, where we have things piled on top of us, where stress is in the middle of everything. The last thing is to stay on the path set before you. God has uh, given us scripture which allows us to understand this world, which allows us to have uh, proper understanding of our culture. It gives us perspective uh, that keeps us on the right path. It gives us knowledge and uh, improves our relationships with others. We may disagree with a lot of culture, but it's because Scripture has given us a very clear pathway to stay on. And Solomon says, don't veer to the right or the left. Stay right on that pathway, and that's where God will meet you in the middle of everything. So in closing, I, wanna, I want us to consider how we're living. Are we walking in freedom? Are we walking... Uh, in that intentional, deliberate choice that wisdom provides, or are we driving a little too close to the edge? We live in this morally decrepit society. It's an ever-increasing issue, and you don't have to look very far to see that society is failing in its morality. Our standards of purity and integrity continue to become points of contention, and we need men and women parents and teachers, coaches who will choose to walk in wisdom. They are able to bring understanding to places that are hurting. We need people who are going to be like Solomon who will, perfect tense, give good precepts in the past, in the present circumstances, and in the future. 
good advice, sound judgment. We need those who have done it in the past, those who will be a light in the future. Our church would be so different. Our small groups would have better conversations. We would be able to reach more people for the kingdom of God. We would be able to be a better witness, and our confidence in God would just increase. I'm going to invite Pastor Mark back up so that he can close us out. My prayer for tonight is that we will uh, act in these steps of wisdom, start taking intentional, uh, specific steps to get ben, to where we thank are. you. I would encourage, yeah, yeah, please. I would encourage you to take these notes and kind of pray through them and say, God, reveal to me what you would have me to see in all of this for my personal life. You know, we did these big broad sweeps and we got to hear what God would say to us. As he came to this point where he talked about don't go there or, or if you start down there, turn away, my mind immediately shot back to uh, years ago when I was, uh, I was single, Renee was away at school and a new family started coming to our church at that time. And as they came to Calvary, uh, one of their family members was a, a single young lady. She was physically beautiful. And uh, Renee and I were kind of going through a hard time at that point in time in our dating relationship. And uh, it, it wasn't going, going as well as I would like for it to have gone. I don't think it's going as well as she would like for it to have gone. And... Um, uh, and so I was thinking about, okay, am I going to date anybody else? And I remember my dad calling me over and introducing me to this family. And as I walked up, here's this beautiful young lady. And as I walked up, it was like a big red light went off over her head and said, stop. And I mean, just, I mean, it's just a weird thing. And I just had this immediate sense in my spirit, you need to stay away from, from this. You just need to stay away. And I did. I, I, I pulled back. Uh, and just, I, I just didn't go around her much. But I had three or four buddies in the church who would ask me, and they'd try to get involved in my life all the time, good, well-intentioned guys. And they would say to me, how are things going? So, oh, well, Renee and I are, aren't, we're kind of, you know, not doing too good right now. And they would say, what about, they'd say, what about this girl over here? And I'd say, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Oh, oh man, you, man, you got to take her out, man. She, she's really pretty. And and they just kept pushing me. And this went on for weeks. And I just about gotten to this point where, I, well, I had gotten to this point where I was thinking about, okay, maybe I'm just being silly. Uh, I think Renee, I'm pretty sure Renee was dating somebody else at that time as well. And I thought maybe I should take this girl out. And, uh, and so I've just about given in to this. And we had C.M. Ward. How many of you ever remember C.M. Ward? C.M. Ward, the old Revival Times speaker, great, great man of God. He was with us on a Sunday morning. And back in those days, we all sat on the platform. My job on the platform, whenever we had guests, was to do whatever they wanted. So my dad would tell, me, tell them, if you need anything, ask him. He will get it for you. And so we're on the platform this one Sunday, and this family was sitting down towards the front. And we were singing, we had praise and worship time going on. And so dad, dad standing here, CM Ward would not get up until it was time for him to preach. He was an older guy, he was sitting right here. And I am standing right next to him. And we're singing. And we're, we're singing. And I feel a tug on my coat jacket, because we all wore coats and ties back then. I, I felt this tug on my coat jacket and it was CM Ward. And of course, because he's the one sitting next to me. And I looked, I thought he wanted a glass of water. I thought he wanted something. And he said, come here, come here, come here. And so I, I sat down next to him on that chair, expecting him to say to me, uh, I want a glass of water. Can you go give me, get, give me a glass of water or something like that? Or I left something up in the house. Can you go get it for me? Uh, that's what I was expecting him to say. And he looked at me and he said, do you see that girl sitting right down there? And I said, yes, sir, Mr. Ward, because that's what you said to Mr. Ward was, yes, sir, Mr. Ward. Yes, sir, Mr. Ward, I see her. He goes, you stay away from her, boy. She's trouble, and she turned out to be trouble. And, and I just want to tell you, there, 
this whole thing about wisdom. God, wisdom isn't natural. That's what Ben's talking about tonight. Wisdom isn't natural. You don't just get it. It doesn't just happen. If you're going to be wise, like we talked last week, you get two ways. You get it from the word and you get it from prayer. If you just go out and say, hey, I've got a lot of life experience. I can pour wisely into people's lives. You're going to mess people up. If you have people and you're like, oh, they've got a lot of experience. They can pour into my, they're going to mess you up. It's got to it's come out of what, what you heard tonight. It's got to come out of this from people who have turned from crooked speech, who've turned from bad relationships, who've learned how to walk in obedience to God's word, who've listened to the leading of the spirit, and now they can help you. And you can only pass on wisdom as you pass on the teaching of the word of God, the leading of the spirit of God that is founded by his word. It's all gotta be about our love for God, amen? And so I would encourage you to read through that scripture that, that, that Ben taught on tonight. Look at these points at each one of these things. Say, okay, am I, have I turned from crooked speech? Have I turned from these things? Have I turned from the leading things the Spirit would lead me in? Am I walking the right way? Great job, Ben. Thank you very much. Father, just lead us tonight and direct us tonight as we go to be people of wisdom, people who know the right things to do, not because we think we got it, we know this culture is trying to give us foolish wisdom, wicked wisdom, ungodly wisdom, and trying to get us to accept it and live in it. Let us found our lives on the one place where the wisdom is consistent and true, your word. Lead us by your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I love you. God bless you. And go in the name of the If you want prayer for anything, I'm going to be sitting right down here. Come on down. I'd be happy to pray for you about anything you got going on.